0: Freedom is not the ability to do what you like or what you want. It's the ability to do what you ought. Hi, I'm Colin and welcome to The Tightrope, the podcast where we look for balance and clarity in the midst of the world that we live in. I don't think any short podcast is going to give you a balance and clarity to last forever and ever. The simple hope though is that each week we can help you to take a step forward. I'm flying solo this week nothing bad happened or anything but amy is uh just not available to record this week she did say that she would record more episodes um, but my not so secret not so evil plan is for her to become more of a regular co-host and so if you think that's a good idea then please leave it in the comments or um maybe maybe write to her and tell her that you think that she should do that and i'll pass that along because i really want it to happen so i could use a little help convincing her um, but for this week, it's just uh, just a little on me, and I thought I would talk about freedom because the 4th of July has just passed and because I think understanding freedom is important for us in our Catholic identity and also important for us right now in this moment of history um, to understand what real freedom is. And though I have not all the answers, as I say every week, and hopefully I'm pretty transparent and not claiming, I have a couple of a couple of nuggets that I'd like to go back to. And I want to start with the St. John Paul II quote. Freedom is not the ability to do what you like or what you want. It's the ability to do what you ought. It's a loaded quote. You maybe have heard it before. And and what's loaded into it is this idea that that freedom is tied into the good and the true and the beautiful. The freedom is tied into the values of it's it's tied into the very identity of god it's tied into who we're created to be in god's image and likeness and it it also enforces an idea that i think experientially we already know that when we don't choose what's good and what's true and what's beautiful we become slaves to ourselves or we become slaves to others who happen to be the suppliers of our dopamine spikes and and i think that this is important for us to remember that there is a particular direction to our liberty and i want to point out a couple of things in the gospel that that maybe from time to time are misinterpreted it seems like jesus some some people kind of break down like the the ethics of the gospel into jesus is telling us just all to be nice or something uh, i want to point out that that's not really the case so let me let me say this when jesus says to turn the other cheek He's not saying be a doormat. He's saying be so powerfully self-possessed that when someone tries to do violence against you, they fail. That violence is deflected because you make in that moment a self-possessed gift of self. He really drives this home in John 10 when he talks about himself as the good shepherd. And he says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down. I have the power to lay it down and the power to take it up again. This command I have received from my father that's real liberty. Real liberty is the ability to make a gift of oneself, and when we do this, we find real freedom. And and you and I know that when we just give into our copes and when we give into those things that make us feel better in the moment constantly, our our ability to make a gift of self is eroded. This is why things like like fasting are, are so important, even on a, a pretty natural level. There's a whole supernatural level to fasting, but on a natural level, we're, we're training ourselves to be able to say no to our impulses and desires so that we can pursue our deepest desire, which is to love as God loves, whether we know it or not. And, and I think our whole American ethos needs to be transformed in this direction. For us to preserve our liberty, we have to work diligently in the pursuit of, of freedom. And, and that means we have to not just be thinking about ourselves, but thinking about others. And there are just some important fundamental differences that I think we, we need to preserve, even when it comes to this issue of, of things that maybe a government tells us that we have to do. Um, sometimes I'm told to do a thing that I would already do. It's, it's for us to, to decide. I'm not so much doing this just because I'm, I'm compelled to. I do the thing that I ought to do because I make a gift of myself. I decide what is right and good and true and beautiful and make an offering of myself. Um, it's just such a transformative way to live. And it makes external constraints when they're just external constraints, or even when they're when they're just laws, um, it makes them almost, I don't want to say it makes them irrelevant, but it and makes them sort of superfluous because the the training wheels are off my two-wheeler and I do what's good and true and beautiful because it's good and true and beautiful. And the more we're able to do that, the more we can become a free and just and virtuous society, the more we can care for others, the more we can identify real problems and, and work toward just solutions. I'll say in this episode that I think there are some ideologies that are the real enemy of this. And one in particular is utilitarianism utilitarianism is gonna I'll make it sound good first right we don't you just want to make a world where the greatest number of people possible are happy and a world where where we eradicate as much suffering as possible doesn't that sound like a good pursuit? Well um, in utilitarianism there are a, some pretty big sacrifices we make to, to meet that end. One we would say in order to make the greatest possible world with the greatest number of people happy, we we may identify that there's a small group of people that that aren't really contributing to the happiness of others and they they may just have to go or there's a group of people and they're kind of a drain on the economy and in order to make the greatest possible world where the greatest number of people are happy they they may have to they may have to go utilitarianism also assumes that what it means to make people happy is to promote a, a level of of feeling happy for the greatest number of people people who have enough Food, clothing, and shelter, and so they they should just be basically satisfied, right? And they have they're they're entertained. Are you not entertained? And therefore, you should be you should be happy. And it ignores that the real question of human happiness is in fulfillment. I bring him up often, but one of my favorite writers is Walker Percy, and he, he asks this question or or sort of makes this observation that that modern humanity seems quite unhappy, and he's looking around at people who. From the utilitarian perspective, they should be happy because they have enough stuff. And, and we, as as a culture, even more so now, thirty years after after his death, we we have we have plenty of stuff. We we're entertained. We have food and clothing and shelter. Most of us, many of us, at least. And when we have those things, we're we're not we're not fulfilled. And so he says that an organism and an environment is different than a person in a world. An organism and an environment is going to be happy if it has all of those basic things met. But a person in a world is more. And so we we find ourselves in our current situation where I, I say and, and this is pro- that's probably ignorant of me that most people have enough stuff that that's probably not true at all. I, I'll say I'll just say like I have enough stuff, but having enough stuff doesn't satisfy me. So there are maybe a couple of things we need to pursue. We need to pursue a world where yes and in, indeed, all of the Material needs of our brothers and sisters are met. Jesus tells us as much. If You see, people who are hungry, give them food; thirsty, and give them drink. And guess what? It was me when you fed the hungry, when you gave drink to the thirsty, when you clothed the naked, when you when you visited the imprisoned. Of all of those things are, are fundamental, but there's there's this deeper level that once we do that, our brothers and sisters need to be reached out to on on a deeper level. That once you have that that basic sort of ring of of Human material fulfillment met. There's more, and the utilitarian just sign, sort of goes back to saying, "All right, well, all we got to do is we gotta, we gotta tear down whatever it is that's not making a maximal number of people happy, and and then we'll we'll be there at this utopia, and and that's that's the stuff that all the sci-fi novels are, are made of because pursuing that to its end is a terrifying world, that's devoid of real liberty. So what can we do? We can pursue holiness. Amy said it last week. What ought we be doing to respond to the world that we're in, to maybe the dangerous and toxic ideas that are holding sway out there? We ought to be pursuing happiness by pursuing holiness. I mean, his holiness and happiness are actually totally synonymous a holy person is a person who has given themselves over to God, to what is good and true and beautiful and cooperated with grace. And a happy person is a holy person. The more we live under a regime of sin, the less fulfilled we are. Even if all of our material needs are met, even if our dopamine is constantly spiking, we find this empty ache in our in our gut, in our soul. I noticed uh, Switchfoot put out an album of covers and there's this song that I had not formerly heard, but it's just the hole inside my heart is stupid deep and uh, it, i like it <laughs> and i like what it identifies that that what we are made for what we aim for is nothing short of a participation in divine life and pursuing that is freedom and pursuing feeling good in the moment just won't cut it <laughs> it just won't ever there's just this law of diminishing returns there's just no gratification that will satisfy the ache in our hearts other than pursuing holiness and pursuing God. So, that's that's real freedom, my brothers and my sisters. And it is the answer to, to the ills of the world it is the, the driving force that will cause us in a productive way to respond to, to the evils of the world. It will cause us to reach out to our brothers and sisters in need. It will cause us to, to fight for justice, to fight against racism, to fight against every evil. And it won't propel us in the direction of an ideology that is that is just deficient. I'll just say that (laughs) because the gospel gives us so much more. And so I'll go back to what Jesus said to close. He says that he's the good shepherd and he lays down his life, but nobody takes it from him. He has the power to lay it down and the power to take it up. And so be empowered by, by that same shepherd who calls us to be his disciples, to lay down our lives, not to let anyone take them from us, but to lay them down to have the power to lay them down and take them back up again. For Christ and for you and for me, this is the command from the Father. For Ascension, I'm Colin McIver, reminding you to take a step forward.